guys. Um, I know that they come here, you know, very early, and they um, practice, and they pray so that we can all enjoy the worship. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, I want to speak today about a promise from God that I really believe with all my heart, and I want to share with you a little personal story that happened a few months ago. Um, I want to take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and I want to speak on the subject of what God does with you when he restores you. He is with you in every season of your life, every season. No matter what season you are in today, let me tell you, God is there with you. God is there with you to celebrate. God is there with you to comfort you. God is there to defend you. God is there to provide for you. Whatever the season of your life. So Isaiah 43, uh, verse 2. Um, as some of you know, a couple of months, actually a few months ago in, in April, I had the opportunity to visit El Salvador. And as some of you know, El Salvador right now is the most dangerous country in the world. People get executed worse than ISIS and Al-Qaeda. In El Salvador. There's so many gangsters all over the place in every corner. There's gangsters who are four years old all the way to 65, 70. And uh, those gangs were started by gangsters who were deported from the United States uh, in the early 80s. So it's spread out through the whole country and it is so dangerous. Now the way those gangsters uh, continue to be alive is because they extort people. If you are a doctor uh, and they follow you and they see that you are a doctor, they go to your home and they say, hey, uh, since you are a doctor, uh, you're going to have to pay $200 on a monthly basis um, as a tax, as a contribution to the gang so that you don't get killed. If you don't do it, you get killed. By the way, you cannot be late one day. If you are late, you're going to get killed. By the way, in December, you have to give double because it's Christmas. So you have to pay $400 to the gang. Almost, I can tell you that without, without any doubt that more than 80% of businesses in that country are paying money to gangs, to gangsters. And now they have started to do it with churches as well. So those gangsters, they show up at the churches, you know, like in a church like this. They come inside, they ask to speak to the pastor, and then they tell the pastor, so you guys are here like 30, 35 people, so we want you to raise $500 right now for the gang. If you don't do it, well, everybody gets killed. So the pastor gives the microphone to the gangsters, and they come to the front, and they say, uh, people, we're going to raise $500, so nobody lives from here until those $500 are raised. So people have to, you know, collect those $500, and they leave. Now, when they leave, you're so happy that I left, right? Well, guess what? Because you gave one time, they show up the following Sunday, and they say, here we are again to collect $500, so do it again. If you do it again, they will do it next Sunday. Churches are being pressured to do that. And my father has a small church in a, in a, in a 
small town that is very, very dangerous. Even when I went there uh, this last April, I decided not to stay there. I stay, you know, in a different town because I couldn't go. So two months prior to April, when I visited that church, they told me that gangsters, you know, show up in my dad's church. And my dad and the family, we have been praying, you know, Lord, we know that this is not whether it will happen or not. We know what's going to happen. But when that happened, give us the, the faith, give us the authority so that we can, you know, combat this. Because this is, you know, the Bible says that we don't wrestle against human flesh or human nature. It's, it's something else. It's a spiritual battle. So as, you know, as we expected, you know, they show up at the church and they talk to my dad. But they didn't want money at that moment. They said, Pastor... Uh, we are from the gangster, from the gang Salvatrucha, you know, from this town. You already know about us. We know about you. We know your children. We know what you do. We, we know where you live. We know where those leaders live. So, but we have come to tell you that you need to, to leave this church because we're going to take over the building. So we want you gone next Sunday. And my dad said, okay, okay, we'll, we'll do that. Um, so the gangsters left. And by Wednesday, when my dad was going to the building, the locks in the church had been changed by the gangsters. So that building was totally gone. So my dad called uh, the secretary from the church and said, can you give us some money so that we change the locks back? Because they changed the locks back. So they, you know, gave offering and my dad changed the lock back. So Sunday came and, uh, you know, Everybody was scared. Everybody was afraid. Uh, 90% of the people left the church because they were afraid. There were only, you know, a few men and, and a couple of women. And my dad told the congregation, this is what we're going to do. When these gangsters show up on Sunday, we're going to have service. I'm not going to close the church, and I'm not going to raise any money for them. So as soon as they come, my dad chose uh, the strongest two men in the church physically, we can say. But if you see them, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, you're, you guys are the strongest? No. Um, so and my dad talked to them, and he said, when those gangsters come on Sunday, you and you, you're going to tie them down. I'm going to get my belt, and I'm going to whip them on the back and then so that they don't come anymore. My dad, you have to remember, uh, a third world country is not like the United States. Oh, we're going to call 911 and the SWAT team is going to show up. And then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna watch, you know, from like, like a block from the distance and videotape it and Instagram it and Facebook. And we're going to put it on YouTube. How cool, you know. No, it doesn't work like that. Uh, not with gangsters, not in a third world country. So that Sunday, they didn't tell me. My family doesn't tell me anything because they know I get very worried. So that Sunday, uh, three men were in the church and like a couple of women, and they were having the service when those gangsters came to the church. There were about 20 gangsters. Went inside, and about two or three, you know, stay outside just watching. Now, they were not wearing, you know, like baggy jeans and bald, you know, like me. And, and you know, they were, they were dressed, you know, like, like any normal person. So they go inside the church. They talked to one of the ladies and said, uh, can you call the pastor? And my dad, you know, uh, 
didn't stop the service. He asked a lady to come and continue singing. So he started talking to the gangster, and the gangster said, Pastor, uh, as we said, you know, last Sunday, uh, we're, we're coming here for, for this building, so you need to leave. Now, they started to have, you know, this conversation, and 20 gangsters, you know, inside, they have AK-47s, they have guns, they have knives, you know, ready to kill anybody. You can have anyone killed for $10 in El Salvador if you have enemies. So right when they were having the conversation, a police car, you know, was passing by. They recognized one of the gangsters, and they said that, look, we're looking for that guy. So they, they made a U-turn because, remember, they're dressed like normal people. So they asked, you know, the two guys you know, to, to lift their hands, and they started searching. They started searching for one of them, you know, in the system. So that gangster was being looked for for one of the 10 most dangerous gangsters in El Salvador. So right away, they call, you know, for more support. A lot of cops, you know, show up. And the cops didn't know that inside the church, there were 20 more waiting. So one of the cops said, let's go and talk to the pastor to see if he has seen any other gangsters in the neighborhood. So when they go inside, they see, you know, like 20 gangsters. Uh, everybody was like all over the, the small building. And guess what? Lots and lots and lots of police officers show up. They got everybody arrested and they put them into police officers' cars. We never saw them again. Praise God. So here I am, 10, uh, three, two months, you know, after the situation in El Salvador, and I'm like, Dad, why didn't you tell me? Because I didn't want to worry you. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Well, it's already passed. Anyways. So, but I want to leave you with this scripture today because let me tell you, let me tell you what the scripture says. Isaiah 43 Verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. If you pay attention to the word of God, the Bible says that when you walk through the fire, the Bible doesn't say if. You walk through the fire. If you ever walk through the fire, if you ever have any problems or trials, if you ever have any opposition in your work, if you ever get sick, if you ever have a financial problem, if you ever feel sad, if you ever feel depressed, if you ever, if if something ever goes wrong in your life, this is going to happen. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says when you go through the fire, you are not going to get burned. I want you to understand today that walking through the fire as a child of God is not a matter of whether you will do it or not. It's a matter of when you will walk through the fire. You will be tested. Even, even if you, uh, I know that sometimes, you know, people get afraid and they say, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, take it slowly. And, and I remember, you know, one time in a church, uh, I was promoting, you know, life groups and, and one leader came to the front and he said, okay, we're going to pray for the life group leaders. And I want you to know that if you're a leader, the enemy is going to attack you. So I saw this lady, you know, open up her eyes, you know, wildly. She came after the service and she said, Pastor, 
I don't want to be a leader because I don't want the enemy to attack me. So I'm closing the doors of my house, no serving in my house. And I said, listen, you're not understanding. Yes, I, the enemy is going to attack you anyways. Whether you are very sanctified or whether you are not, whatever your situation in life, you will pass through the fire because that is life. It is a fact of life. You will be tested. The problem is, what are you going to do about it? And the Bible says that there's a promise right there that when you go through the fire, God will be there with you so that you don't get caught in those flames. But what are you going to do about it? Some of you, I know that may be going through the fire right now. And I want you to know that besides this promise being a promise from God, it is a fact that sooner or later we are all going to go you know, through the fire of life. Uh, trials, temptations, tribulations, but you can be restful and you can rest today that the scripture says that God is going to walk with you through that fire. Sometimes walking through that fire involves that you make decisions that are going to be risky and maybe people will be like, no, 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 don't, don't decide to do that because we don't know if God will do it or God will not do it. But look, sometimes... You have to make, you know, risky decisions, you know, just like my dad did. My dad could have closed the church and said, you know what, these gangsters, they're going to kill all of us, so let's not do it. If you met my dad, he's a very small man. Um, you can push him with a finger and he will go like that, you know. <laughs> because uh, physically, you know, he's, he's not, not very strong. And... One month, just to let you know how dangerous, you know, this country is, one month after that happened at the church, my dad was walking to another church to visit another pastor. And where he was walking, uh, he says that there were about 20 gangsters, you know, assaulting people on the street and taking their money, taking everything, you know, they could. So my dad, when he saw them, he says that he started praying. And he started praying. And I don't know, there's something about my dad and his belt, but he got his belt again, and he started praying with the belt on his hand, and he said, Lord, I have to go to that church, and in the name of Jesus, when I walk by them, if they want to do something to me, in your name, I'm going to whip them with this belt. And he started praying, and he says that the more he got close to the gangsters, you know, the more he started praying. And then can you imagine, you know, there's 20 gangsters on the streets, you know, with knives and gangs, and you see an old man, you know, going like that and, and praying, you know. He said that when he got close, you know, to them, he was expecting them, you know, to get a knife or a machete in front of him and say, um, give us everything you have. And he says that as soon as he got close, you know, the gangsters started to open away and let him go. And one of the gangsters say, hey, are we going to assault this guy over here? And he said, oh, no, man, he's, he's not in his right mind. Look at, look at what he's doing. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You will go through situations in life where maybe there's no way out. And all you will have is Jesus Christ for you. That's why I want to encourage you this morning, no matter where you are, no matter where you're going through, 
if you are passing by the fire right now, don't, don't cry about the fire. Don't say, Lord, why am I in this fire? Why me, Lord God? I, I serve you and I do everything for you. No. Say, God, I want you to give me the strength. I believe in your promise. And whatever I'm about to go through, I will do it in the name of Jesus Christ because I am your son. I wish I could talk to you more about my job, but Malathi says, if, if you talk too much about your job, what if somebody comes from your job and they listen to your messages? And <laughs> so I don't give you many details, but I want to tell you this. Uh, about six months ago, I was having problems, you know. Have you, ever, have you ever been in a situation where no matter how likable you try to be, there will always be someone that will dislike you no matter what? I mean... It's, it's weird because you don't do anything to them and people still dislike you just for being cool or just for being nice. And I don't know. But there was, you know, someone that was creating a lot of problems for me and it was testing my patience like a lot. I consider myself to be very patient. But this person was really, really pushing me, growing my patience um, into more like Christ. And uh, I just pray. I said, God, I believe it or not. God, I can't take it anymore. I don't know what to do. So I leave it on your hands. And one day, you know, we were in a meeting. That wasn't long ago. And my boss came to me and she said, oh, since you're the supervisor, I want you to know that such and such is going to get fired today at 2.30. And I was like, Lord, I didn't pray for her to get fired. I just prayed for you to help me. But, you know, God took that obstacle, you know, away from the way that I was walking. And I want to encourage you today, if you're passing through the fire, sometimes there's no way of taking a detour. And I'm not going to go through this because I don't want to suffer. No, you go through it in the name of Jesus because God will rescue you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, Lord God, and we thank you for every single person who is here. Lord, miracles do happen, Lord. This is your promise. You promise, Lord God, if that when we go through the fire, not if we go through the fire, but when we go through the fire, that you are going to walk with us through the fire. I pray for any person here who might be experiencing trials, tribulation, opposition, or whatever kind of fire in their life. I pray, Lord God, that they will look up to you, that they will walk into the fire with the assurance that you are going to walk with them. I pray, Lord God, that today we will recognize, Lord God, that you are in control of our lives we don't have control, Lord God, completely of everything that happens, Lord God, around us. But, Lord, we know that if there's fire, if we go through the fire, you are going to be there with us. I pray that whatever my friends today are going through, that you show them, Lord God, that you are there with them. In the name of Jesus.